Is prayer alone enough to bring revival? Are you ready to face the truth? Face the Truth is the weekly podcast from the Truth Church of Olathe, Kansas, with our pastor and Bible teacher, Bishop Gregory Riggin. Thank you to everyone who is listening. I trust that today's episode will be a blessing to all those who tune in. One of the key attributes of a healthy apostolic church is having balance to support our calling. Prayer is one of those strengths that must be worked in unison with worship and submission. If the preached word is not obeyed and given room to work, the flow of a church service will be limited by its deficiencies. We invite you to let the last episode in this series take your walk with God to a new depth. We all have a part to play in bringing apostolic revival to our churches. It is the maturity of the church body that sets the culture for each of our local assemblies. Step up to the challenge and strive to perfect what is in you. So that kind of brings me to what may be my final question here. I know everybody is different. Every evangelist is different. A lot of our listeners may be familiar with the book on prayer that was actually a transcription of Elder Verbal Bean, who was perhaps one of the greatest evangelist revivalists in more recent modern history, although he passed away, I think, in 1972. So for some, that's ancient history. I was 12 years old at that time. I was was born in 1972. (laughs) Okay, well, uh, remind me how old I am here. But it was somewhere in the early to mid-70s that he was tragically killed in a car wreck. So for some, that is you know, way back history. But for me, it's more modern. A lot of people are familiar with the book. The book is actually a transcription of tapes that have circulated, recordings that have circulated. I used to have a copy of those recordings. And so before I ever read the book, I listened to the recordings. And I listened to them and listened to them because the man said so many great things and powerful things. But one of the things that has stood out in my mind and he did see some 100 soul revivals he saw a lot of great things take place he also said that a lot of times those big revivals came when he would step into a church would have the liberty to preach what he felt and many times they'd end up cleaning the church out Mm -hmm. with literally people leaving by the scores and then god refilling the church and actually adding more right in the end and A lot of people didn't want that kind of thing, and so he wasn't always the most popular evangelist. But one of the things I remember him saying that has stood out in my mind is that he could usually tell within one or two services, if I remember correctly, whether he was going to have a revival in that local assembly. Because there was one thing that he really looked for, and that was he looked for somebody that knew how to intercede, somebody that knew how to get a hold of God. He said, if I went into that church and after the first few nights could not find anybody there that really knew how to touch God, then he said, I felt like we're not really going to see a breakthrough here. He never really felt like he was the reason personally. But again, I guess it gets back to that helps. Somebody there would really get under the burden, really get a hold of God, press their way through. And he said, if I could find that individual, 
then I knew we're going to have a breakthrough before I leave. Now, back to my relationship with Bishop Johnson in Colorado Springs, I've heard him talk about in his early years, there were times he knew he was fighting a spirit. He couldn't get the liberty he needed to preach. There was a particular man in his church that he said, whenever I'd start feeling that, he said, my eyes would just drift to that man. And he said, I would see him doubled over in the pew. And I knew this man is touching God for his pastor right now that I would have the liberty to preach. So it kind of tied in to what Elder Bean said. So as an evangelist, as somebody who has spent a number of years on the evangelistic field, is there something or someone that you look for in a church that kind of gives you a, if I can say, a heads up? I don't necessarily look for an individual. I look for balance. What's the prayer of the church like? How passionate are they during worship? Again, not always in the physical manifestation of worship, shouting, running the aisles, whatever, but the intensity and the passion of their worship. Yes. Their sensitivity to the Holy Ghost, the moving of the Spirit. Are they willing to not just have one kind of service? Everybody has their favorite kind of service. And so there's some in the church that they excel in the fast services, the shouting services, if you please. Others, they're more into the the slower services and the crying services. And so, you know, I'll reserve my response for my particular favorite kind of service. And so is the church balanced? Again, I'm not walking into a church critiquing a church, but there's just some, I guess you could say, telltale signs of where's this church at? Because from experience and from the Word of God, understanding that comes through experience and studying the Word of God and observation, these are things that facilitate real revival. Yes. These are things that facilitate getting people ready right. to meet God. Right. Whether they're sinners that have yet to be converted, new converts that need to be discipled, whether they're people in church that maybe have lost their spiritual footing, or seasoned saints that are faithful and have been for years. Where is this church? What is it that, okay, this is what we're striving for. I can only speak to my ministry and how I feel God would use me. But in every revival, I'm striving for the same thing. I want to help this church be the best it can be. The first service that we preached here in this revival, my burden was to preach on worship. Yes, God wanted the truth church to have a revelation of worship and not just noise, not just response. Absolutely. But true worship, heartfelt, sincere, biblical worship. Right. What it is and what God's looking for. That's not been the only thing. It's not been right. that this whole revival. Matter of fact, I haven't hardly touched it since. It was just like that was the starting yes. point. This yes. is what that church needed. This is where we're starting. Right. There's been other things that God in this revival has challenged this church to be better in. Right. I feel my responsibility and my calling as an evangelist is not to go to a church and try to fix everything, but just try to help that church be the best it can Absolutely. be. Help that pastor fulfill his calling. Right. What is the calling of that pastor? To present a bride. Absolutely. Unspotted from the world. Right. To present as many people as possible in this city to God when the trumpet sounds. We want as many people as possible to be ready when God comes for his church. 
Yes, sir. And so what can I do as an evangelist? If this church is weak in this area, it's not that, okay, through observation, I notice oh, they're weak in this area. Well, I don't just automatically, well, I see this, and so I'm going to preach about this. No. no, I pray. Is this the time? Yes. It may be a glaring situation that in my flesh, I say, okay, this needs to be dealt with, but it may not be time to deal with Exactly. It. And so, again, it's not like, okay, these are obvious things, and so this is what we deal with. But going back to your original question, are there things I look for? Yes. I'm looking for strong apostolic balance. Yes. And if I see all these things, if I'm coming, I typically walk into a service right before it's time to start. I'm more effective that way. The less I see before service starts, I, I feel like right. I can be more transparent yes. in the pulpit. There's yes. less clutter in my mind. Right. Sister so-and-so back there talking while they're supposed to be praying and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And so just walking into a service, I've prayed that day, trying to get the mind of God. But if I'm walking in and there's strong prayer and the service starts and the church rallies and they respond and there's good worship, sometimes it's running the aisles, sometimes it's weeping and crying, but it's true worship. There's liberty to preach. There's no pushback. Yes. Pastor can make a strong statement. And the church doesn't go silent, but there's that rally of that's my man of God and we're behind you. As an evangelist, I'm like, okay, the sky's the limit here because they're what the Bible says and defines a healthy church. Yes. So those are the things I'm looking for and desiring to see. And if there are, you know, deficiencies when it's time, and if God knows that it's time or God would choose me to challenge a church to be better in these certain areas, that's God's business to know what to do, when to do it. It's my business as an evangelist to be submitted to that. Sure. And not just do my own thing, not just preach something because it's easy to preach and not hold my peace because this is going to go down sideways. Right. Pastor's not going to like this or the church won't receive it. Or whatever, looking for balance, honestly, and yes, be sir. strong in every part right. of work of God. And receptivity. Absolutely. That's what I'm hearing from what you're saying is, all right, so you step into a church and you may see there may be some areas where they're not balanced as they should be. But the key then becomes, are they receptive? And as long as they're receptive, then it can be corrected. Absolutely. But if they're not receptive, then you're going to be wasting your time as an evangelist. Right. And we, that, again, is where knowing the mind of God and the timing of God, which is the same thing a pastor has to do, because obviously we see things, we know things. Mm-hmm. My pastor used to always say an evangelist comes in and finds the spider webs, but we know who the spiders are. You know? <laughs> and so we know things and see things, but that doesn't mean that we're going to get up and preach by observation. Right. It's got to be the timing of God. And sometimes even saints don't understand that because they think, why hadn't the pastor addressed this? Why hadn't he dealt with this? Well, you've got to do it when God says do it. Mm -hmm. We've got souls in the balance here. But if they're receptive and God knows that they're receptive at that moment, then even if they're lacking some area in this whole overall makeup, of what a real balanced apostolic church would be, as long as they're receptive to correction, then I would say there's hope. Absolutely. It gets to this distinction between location and direction. Yes. It's just another way of looking at receptivity Yes, to correction, admonition, doctrine, encouragement, or whatever. Right. Okay, I'm wanting to be 
the best I can be for God, speaking as a saint in the church. Well, if I'm deficient in some areas, if I really want to be the best I can be, I'm going to receive with meekness the engrafted word of truth. Yes, the yes. word preached is going to profit me because I'm mixing it with faith. Right. I'm not just agreeing to it because I can't argue with God's word. I really want this to be assimilated into my life. And so I'm receiving it. I'm obeying it. I'm submitting to the word of right. God. That's key. Yes. That really is key for a church to be the best it can be. It goes back to individuals. Each individual has got, okay, I want to be the best I can be. Sure. Well, if everybody in the church wants to be the best they can be for God, that church is going to want to be the best it can be for God. Yes. So if there's deficiencies in my prayer life or in my worship or in my family relationships or in my approach to spiritual authority, what have you, the list goes on and on. If I'm really wanting to be better in every part of my life, when the word of God comes, I'm going to receive it and apply it, obey it, submit to it. And that's where the word of God preached prophets. It brings right. forth the fruit because it falls on fertile ground. Right. Right. I like the way you put, if I'm quoting you properly, you said it's a matter of location versus direction. Mm -hmm. I like that. And we spent at least one podcast talking about direction, but that is so crucial. It's not just about where the person is, but what direction are they headed and where are they going? That makes all the difference in the world. All right. Well, is there anything you would like to just add to the conversation? Any topic that you'd like to just throw out there? Anything you'd like to say to anyone, the people that are listening? I just give you an opportunity if you want to well, I hope that something that we've said today has helped. First of all, whether you're a saint in the church, whether you're fulfilling the role of ministry of helps, a five-fold ministry, full-time ministry, whatever, would encourage everybody, wherever you are, try to be your best. Whatever you're doing for God, try to do more. Strive for excellence. That's really, again, and unashamedly hearkening back to those formative years of my life when I was first really exposed to Bishop Howard's ministry and the culture of that church. We're doing this for God. We want to do it the best that we yes. can possibly do it. Yes. Everywhere we go, we're representing the church. We want our evangelism. We're not going to be shoddy about it. Right. We're singing a special. We want to give it our best. Again, this is not a performance. No. But we want to do our best. Or I'm leading worship tonight. I want to be prepared. I want to give it my best. I'm preaching tonight. I want to do the best I can do. So whatever responsibility that you play in God's kingdom, just strive for excellence and be the best at that that you can be. And whatever God has in store for you later on, God will open it up to you and for you when it's time. Someone said it this way, good is the enemy of great. Yes, sir. And if we're satisfied with good, we'll never be great. Right. If we're satisfied with where we are, we'll never be the best. Mm -hmm. And you preached it last night, did such an excellent job, never satisfied. And a true apostolic church is never satisfied with where they are. They're right. always right. reaching for something more. Well, thank you very much, Brother Waldrop. I have thoroughly enjoyed this conversation. I feel like it's been very profitable, very, very beneficial. And I believe that our listeners will agree to that. I do want to just make this one plug. Make sure if you're listening on Apple or Google or Spotify, please subscribe and please leave comments. These things help us. It helps the podcast to be promoted. It helps people to find us even when they type into a search engine and they're looking for things. 
The more comments we can get, the more subscriptions we can get, the more likes we can get, the greater the chance that this podcast will move up in strength in the search engines. And we just got back from some special services at Tulsa Lighthouse Church. I had several people while I was there that came to me and said, man, we really enjoy your podcast. We really appreciate it. In fact, I had one pastor's wife that came and told us that we've been dealing with some things and you just addressed it on the podcast. She said, my husband made me come in, sit down and listen because he said, this is the very thing we've been trying to get answers about. All I can say to you is, of course, I'm honored. I'm thrilled that you're listening, but we really need people to subscribe to like to listen also we now are being broadcast on radio and to those that are listening via radio let me just say to you please visit our website olathatruth.com that's o-l-a-t-h-e olathatruth.com o-l-a-t-h-e t-r-u-t-h olathatruth.com and on our website, you can actually, of course, you can find the podcast, alathatruth.com slash media slash podcast. You can find resources there, the books that I've written, the Bible studies that I've put together, even a free Bible reading chart that I designed. You can download at no cost. There's some studies on prayer there. There's a lot of things there that you can get from the website. And I want to encourage you to avail yourself of the tools that we are making available on the website. So again, alathatruth.com, we'd love for you to do that. And we do welcome those who are listening now by radio. Glad to have this opportunity to continue to spread the truth and hopefully to help some folks in their daily walk with God. So thank you to all of our listeners. And we will allow Brother Goff to close things out at this time. Thank you, Bishop Riggin and Brother Waldrop, for sharing such a valuable perspective on balance within the apostolic church. Join us next week on Face the Truth. Thank you to everyone who has joined us for today's podcast. We want you to know that we are here to help you in any way we can. If there is anything we can do for you, please don't hesitate to contact us. Send your prayer request to prayer at olathetruth.com. That's prayer at olathetruth.com. If you live in the Kansas City metropolitan area, we invite you to join us for our services this week, Sunday morning at 10, Sunday evening at 6, and Tuesday evening at 7.30. For those who cannot attend, we will provide a live stream on our Facebook page, our YouTube page, and our website, olathetruth.com slash live. Until our next podcast, take care and God bless.